Hey, hey, friendos, welcome to the Road to Nowhere, a Marvel Champions LCG podcast. We focus on recapping Solo Champions League, but if you enjoy breaking down the finer details of a Marvel Champions matchup, then we have something for you. I'm your host, Joss Aru, and with us this week, we have our returning friend of the pod, Teberly. Tyler, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Joss? It's been a while. It's been a while. It feels like forever, and it's it's good to be back. It's good to be getting into the nitty gritty of uh, SCL again. Uh, indeed, indeed. How how have things been going in your alliance these days? Uh, I've been good. Uh, we're, we've we've slowed down, you know, with with Innsmouth Bear having a child, and mm. and and Greg. I, I think fully on the amend from his accident earlier this year and everything, and. Yep. Uh, craziness with me and everything. It's just like we, we've been a little slower on the communications, but you know, we're we're happy to to take a a third round exit from the uh, <laughs> from the Secret Wars um, and uh, be able to just relax the rest of the season now. Nice, um, lots of positive energy in your uh, in your crew. Exactly, we're here. We're here to have fun. <laughs> Amazing, and uh, we have a new friend. We got. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna introduce you a whole bunch of different ways. So we got TJJJ, according to Discord, but recently changed to the jo- J Jonah Jameson, aka Terry. Terry, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm. I'm lovely. I told my family to leave me alone for a bit, and we'll we'll see how much they respect those boundaries. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> It's hard to know. Um, so, Terry, you're you're relatively new in the league. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, what what ended up bringing you to the league? I uh, so I've only been playing the game for about a year, so relatively new to the game. But I, I you know, I got a few games in with some friends. He brought his cards over, and I just fell in love with the game right away. I was like, oh man, this is this is fantastic. I love this, and so I just. I pretty much bought everything within about a month and then <laughs> it's, it's a sickness <laughs> wow. it is it is it feels that way but now that i'm caught up i don't feel as sick anymore i feel healthy about the game um and so yeah i was searching for like ways to play solo more often and then somebody sent me scl and i was oh this is fascinating a cooperative game that turns competitive in some way that's that's right up my alley so um just started poking around kind of following some of the rounds and jumped right in and been playing yeah i think i've been playing for about four months now or so i'm loving it yeah you you just got out of the training grounds i did last week or uh last last uh round i i finally got out of the training grounds that's right right so for for folks who don't pay attention to the really gory details of how the league works um the the way the training grounds are built is new players in the league are in the training grounds until they've accumulated 50 experience points which roughly translates to a season you know give or take uh around on on either side but that so that kind of sets the the scale for when you get out of there so and then uh insmith bear has put kind of little caps on how you advance through the flights even if you're performing really well you don't just automatically show up in in flight one right away so you kind of have to feel like you're creeping your way up through through all the flights so you're in the middle of all that yeah it's fun i had to ask all those same questions once i got out of training grounds (laughs) how does this work you know how how do i get up the ranking you know how do i climb this eventually i I really like once he explained it it made a ton of sense i really like the whole system of kind of like you know it's almost like earning xp to to level up so that's pretty cool concept 
Right. Yeah. And a lot of these things, so, uh, Tyler and I have been around since um, season three or four. There's kind of a crew of us that all joined around that time. And um, we've seen lots of these things evolve and they all make perfect sense, but realize yeah. that um, how we got here was kind of a windy path and <laughs> somebody knew a lot of these things might not be very apparent. So it's good. It's good. You're all caught up. It's, it's been fun to watch it kind of meander up that path to, to where we are now. And yeah, you get to come in and join and hopefully experience that 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 growth through uh, gaining XP. That should be fun. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just super well organized and and um, very polished. So yeah, I appreciate all the folks who are putting time into this behind the scenes to make it a great experience for us that are that are jumping on board the the wagon here. Well, and. Yeah, you've you've been overall pretty active in in the discussions and stuff like that, which is which is awesome to see. It's a you know a lot of people really talk about it being a very friendly and welcoming community. So it's great that you have kind of have felt that and really gotten in and contributed. Yeah, for sure. It's it's very warm, and there are no dumb questions I've found, which is great because I have lots of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's nice to have a place you can go to just kind of like you know hash through things and and figure out how you want to build, how things work, you know, bounce things off people. Yeah, that's that's been definitely one of my my uh, favorite parts of the league honestly is the just the collaborative approaches to to tackling the rounds and um you know, people share share their decks, but everybody really has their own playstyles that they like to play and so, you know, there's the odd person that kind of says, oh, you know, I just took so-and-so's deck and actually, you know, had pretty good success with it, but people tend to twist them to their own playstyles, which is really fun. Yeah, it's competitive, but I think also there's a real encouragement and I think people like seeing other people do well, if that makes sense. Like, it's not yeah, it's absolutely. not competitive, like, you're against anybody. It's like, how well can we all collectively do against, you know, the setup? So that's been really cool to see. Yeah, I, I, that's that's I think half the fun is like, yeah, there is that competitive, but we're working together. Even with the alliances, we're we're going against each other in different matchups in the secret wars, and that even there, there's some fun and uh, enjoyment to see other alliances do well when you might be out early. So I think it's yeah, it's, a, right. it's a great league. Yeah, yeah, I I I often think of it as I'm not kind of competitive against specific people as much as I am. You know, like I want, I'm competing against myself, and I do yeah, like I to see myself do well compared to the crowd. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not a specific person. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to defeat anybody specific or anything like that. So that also kind of keeps it friendly because I'm still really just trying to do my best. Maybe we should develop a nemesis system where you pick yes. somebody, oh my and God. you, bec- <laughs> and then you're you're versus them every week, or like it cycles. Maybe that's also a terrible idea, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we do sort of have it. Uh, I mean, Insmith Bear has his nemesis, although yes. <laughs> um, I, haven't, I haven't seen him as much recently. So uh, no, but uh, yeah, there, there, there was a little bit of a nemesis out of at least out of fun for a bit there. Uh, yeah, yeah, very fun. I, I actually have a real life nemesis that can be a story for another day. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's more of like a bizarro version of me. Um, <laughs> But one of the things I wanted to check in on before we start talking about this most recent round is the, you know, we're this, the new content that we have been playing with is we've had access to the Mojo pack um, and none of the X4 stuff that's come out. But I'm, I'm curious, both of you, you know, maybe we'll, we'll hear from Terry first. Like, what's been your experience with the all the new X4 stuff so far? 
I have had a ton of fun with the new box. You know, I have played through all those villains multiple times. I've played through campaign. Um, really enjoy all the mechanics of the new heroes. It feels new. I think a lot of the mechanics feel pretty new. And, and I think some of the new aspect cards has really opened up some new builds for older heroes too, which I think mm-hmm. is really fun too, to kind of go back, go back and revisit some of the, the older heroes in new and fresh ways. Um, I think my standout heroes so far feels like Psylocke. I think I probably spend the most time with Psylocke. Yeah. Just really fun mechanic and, and, you know, ways to sort of cycle in psionic cards. There's just lots of little puzzles to solve for uh, with Psylocke. And I feel like I spend forever on my turns, but then once I finally get to, I was like, oh, here, here it is. I can see it now and, and execute it. It feels really good to like execute a really efficient and solid turn with, with that hero. Oh, standout villains for you. Standout villain. I think Juggernaut. I always hear people talk about Juggernaut and I, I do agree. I really like, Okay, I really have a distaste for Stalwart in general just because I think it <laughs> it really hurts certain heroes and it makes you not want to play certain heroes because they're, they feel really ineffective against Stalwart. But I like villains that you can remove Stalwart. That you can, you know, there are ways yes. to play and focus like Magneto, Juggernaut, to be able to, you know, remove Stalwart to then free up your hero to be more effective. So that feels really good. So I like Juggernaut a lot. I also really like... Um, on the run on the runs become one of my go-to deck testing setups i feel like it's really well-rounded it's got a lot of things it throws at you it's got minions it's got high threat um so that's another one that i end up playing a lot of too do you do you preferentially use specific villains out of that for that one if i really want to test myself i'm probably going like harpoon or um Gosh, I forget the other one. Grey Crow. Harpoon and Grey Crow feel feel real tough. So Yeah, and I think Blockbuster's pretty Blockbuster can be pretty tough too. Pretty tedious too in a way that is good. Uh, but I think each of the villains kind of does something different. So you can test yourself in different ways depending on which villain you pluck out of that lineup. Um so I feel like it's just a really well rounded scenario and, and difficult. Like I you know, I still lose that one from time to time, so it feels feels like a good a good balance. <laughs> yeah i hear you uh tyler how about you so i have uh i mean i spent uh, like a weekend ago I, my wife was out of town for a whole week at work and that was me and the kid and so she gave me like a night to myself and like half of a day and so i spent a lot of time going deep into everything and i it was right the same weekend that uh deadpool and x23 came out and so i spent actually a lot of time looking at both of them um getting this round's games in and then um I don't. Know, I started playing around with the idea of of going X twenty three with a protection deck because I love I love her readying ability. It reminds me a lot of Ghost Spider, who is one of my favorites. Um, and so I was trying to find fun ways to play around with that. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to to getting deeper into that. Um, and, and I've just I, I enjoyed going through the Deadpool cards. Um, just all the the craziness and insanity that it can bring to a game. Mm. Um, but what about what about villains for you? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Terry. Like I, I've I spent a lot of time with with Juggernaut because, I, yeah, he, it seems like a, a a good challenge against a, a lot of decks testing. I mean, he's difficult. He's not easy like a Rhino. He's definitely more difficult there. But 
Um, he is fun. You can take off that star, which I appreciated. But I've also really enjoyed um, going up against um, Mr. Sinister. I love mm-hmm. that he can add these different things to him uh, based on which, you know, um, second main scheme comes out and he, you know, adds flight or or telepathy or whatever it is. And I, I, I love that that he's just taking on these powers and growing in different ways and like, Oh, I wasn't ready for that. Um, and how do I now go after him? It's, it's, it's a, it's a challenge, but it's a lot of fun. I love it. I love it. I, um, I think like Terry, I, I like turns where I have to stare at my hand forever or (laughs) try kind of playing it out and then realizing, Oh no, there's a, there's a smarter way to do this than that. Um, so I love Domino and I I also love Mm. Psylocke and I, I think, yeah, X 23 has been, really neat um i think the she has a lot more things going on than say you do kind of your quicksilver which would be a hero right. that does some similar things to her but you know how much you have to kind of really think about how you're hurting yourself to do some of these things and it feels like the sequencing is you actually have to really consider the sequencing to right get your stats up during any given turn um so that's yeah i don't know those i think those three are the ones i've probably enjoyed the most um, and I, I like, I definitely like on the run with some of the tougher, tougher villains. Juggernaut's neat, but you know, it's one of those ones that kind of feels a little too susceptible to, to confuse once you do get the helmet off. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but, but you know, you can, you can play it more honest too. You don't always have to take the cheap, cheap way out. <laughs> Thoughts on, uh, player side schemes. Terry? I think they're great. I think it makes some of those decks where you really rely on one or two cards to get your setup to mm. happen more more reliably. And I think that really opens up some really interesting builds to to sort of key on on you know certain upgrades or certain supports to to let your deck start to to cascade. Um so huge fan. I, you know, I I feel like I always end up with at least one or two in pretty much every deck I'm building right now, just because they, they add so much value. And and for those decks that are aiming to try to thin themselves out a bit and things like that, you've got another mm-hmm. way to get cards permanently out of, right. out of your deck, which is which is kind of a neat side benefit, because they, they, for most decks, will have an inherent benefit anyway, but you kind of get this extra benefit that there's pretty much no way the game can take that back from you. I do think that player side schemes it's really incentivized justice as an aspect though. Like I think it I yeah, think it, it sort of leans pretty heavy towards that. Because as I'm building decks, I'm always like hurting for just a little bit more threat removal so that I can <laughs> build those things out. <laughs> and justice has it, so I always end up going justice. It's probably this aspect I play the most just in my, my regular games. Mm. Well and then you know there's there's heroes like drax where yes it would be a huge benefit for for him to be able to pull out his dweeth heat mastery but being able to clear that side scheme is non-trivial yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) uh anyway good fun thing uh tyler did we did we catch you sorry i totally you asked the question but did we hear from you yeah uh i mean yeah i i've enjoyed them um it's been fun kind of just playing around with just what, what that can do. And it's funny, you said, like, oh, it can pour that, pull that key card out. And Joss, you'd mentioned, uh, you know, Quicksilver. And like, oh, yeah, he, he's one of those heroes that has that yeah. key element he really needs to pull out. And those side schemes could really help with that. So 
Yeah, it's it's fun to play around with. I haven't done a ton with it, but I, I like the idea of of leaning into that because I, I do like justice as well. And so it, yeah, it definitely leans into that. Me too, buddy. Let us carry on to talking about this round. So this was season 16, round three. Uh, just give you a quick overview and then we'll we'll dig into this, some of the details. So it was Magog uh, with Legions of Hydra, Longshot and Ship Command. So we're in the middle of the Hydra in space season. So we've got Legions of Hydra and we've got Ship Command for our Hydra and our space thing. Uh, it was on standard, but it this is round three. So this is always kind of meant to be the toughest uh, overall scenario that we're going to encounter, but with on standard instead of on on expert. So this is this is like one of those Terry, one of those historical things that in the past we would have, you know, Ronin on expert as our round five, and a lot of <laughs> a lot of grumpiness in the league shifted it to kind of moving <laughs> those sorts of villains to be on standard in round three instead, and so we have you know a less difficult hero as our around five one and a more difficult hero on standard as a around three one is is how's the design as yeah i have noticed ronan and nebula have not made an appearance in any of the rounds i've played yet <laughs> it seems by design <laughs> let me tell you that is a grumpy league when neither of those two show up <laughs> yeah there's a especially strong distaste for for nebula um so yeah sorry we have we have spider woman um and then you can choose any of the possible aspect combinations all basic was available but is not usually considered to be a very sensible thing to do with spider woman and uh despite the fact that the pool aspect actually got released in the middle of this um insmith bear is still in the middle of figuring out how to incorporate that into to all of the data tracking that he does so there's no pool uh available this uh this got released kind of you know the second last day before the end of the right. of the round so another reason to that it wouldn't have been entirely fair and then we have a bunch of campaign elements that we'll we'll talk about a little bit more but there's some things related to the galaxy's most wanted marketplace and rise of the red skull upgrades that we'll we'll loop back to so um tyler you want to tell us about magog yeah, so we've got Magog this round, who is uh, the first villain in the Mojo scenario pack. Um, the uh, Mojo campaign pack, really. Um, it's a short campaign. Um, and he's got this this different win condition than we have on most uh, villains. Uh, so you, you, you're not trying to, to beat him because he never dies. Um, and that's, that's, that's a good thing and also a bad thing because he also doesn't scheme out on you completely where you lose. Um, uh, so he's uh, Magog is, is Mojo's champion, and he's pitting uh, us, the challenger, against him. And we've got to earn these raiding counters from the crowd to end up getting a win against Magog. Um, so we've got Magog, uh, our villain, who comes in with 10 health. Uh, again, he's never truly defeated. So that low health isn't really that big of a deal because it's going to pump right back up to 10, as we'll talk about soon. Um, he's got uh, a scheme of one, an attack of two. And if he ever damages you or one of your allies, so any character, he he gets his own ratings counter that, um, on his um, uh, champion environment, which I'll talk about here shortly. Um, his main scheme, melee in the Mojo Zeum, um, it is got it comes in with one uh, threat on it. It goes up by two each round, and it has a a limit of six per player, which again is low, and usually that's like a 
a death blow for uh, yeah. a, a, uh, a scheme score in an SCL round. But because it just wraps around and goes down to zero after he hits that, it's not it's not nearly as, as scary. You don't feel like you have to go justice and get that van out there to up it or something. Um, so, uh, but then we've got these two ratings counters, or they, these two environments. So we've got the, the champion environment, which is uh, Magog's, and we've got the challenger's environment. And um, each of them uh, are environments put out, and um, ratings counters get put out, put out in different ways um, to uh, help boost the score for either either side. Um, and they both start out on the booing side, the crowd booing side. Um, and once they get to uh, five counters, they flip to the cheering side. And when they flip to that uh, cheering side, the opposite side, um, the opposite team. Uh, so if it's it's if it's Magog's uh, environment flips to the cheering side, the, the challengers, us, the heroes, we get in an advantage in, in a card draw. And if we flip to the cheering side, Magog gets a... Uh, a little bit of an advantage or help with the, the surprise contender coming out. Um, and so we've, we've got these, these, this different kind of win condition. And so we've got to get these rating counters. So Magog, he uh, gets his ratings counters either by damaging a character, which adds a, a ratings counter on there. Um, or whenever his scheme hits its threshold, which will end up uh, adding two ratings counters to that. He also gets them through the surprise contender minion, uh, which also, whenever it damages a character, um, we, there's a rating counter put on there. He also gets them through um, a couple other different cards. One of them is defend the title. Um, so if you're an alter ego, when the defend the title card comes out, it uh, it places two on the the challenger. Um, and I think that's all of them that I noticed that he really, the main ways he puts out his ratings counters out there, uh, as the heroes, we, we get to put on three counters, uh, when we defeat Magog, well, quote unquote, defeat Magog. No. Um, and so you, you drop, you, you, well, you build his health back up to 10 after you defeat him. Then you put the three ratings counters and then you also, uh, deal yourself a, a face down encounter card to add, add to your misery. Um, and so that's that's the big way. You also get it by defeating that surprise contender, which will get you uh, two ratings counters, or by completing the side scheme, pump up the crowd. That'll get you one. Or he's also got, uh, Magog's got two attachments that can get put on him, and when you defeat him, when he has an attachment on him, those will each add a ratings counter as well. Um, and then to defend the title, uh, if you defend against his attack from that, and you don't take any damage, you can also get some ratings counters. So there's lots of ways that both sides can get those put on there. Um, and uh, which leads to uh, difficulty getting that, 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 that de- all desired clean board. Mm-hmm. Since Magog goes all the way back up to health when you defeat him before you put your counters on there. Um, so it's, it's as we, as much discussion happened, there was impossibility to really get that, that zero villain minion health score. You can get it down to one. Um, and that's about as good as you're going to get. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people, I think, went for that. And I was going to try to go for that initially and decided it wasn't worth my time. But that <laughs> yeah. is McGog in a nutshell. Um, yeah, there, there's some really kind of interesting games to figure out how to get to 10, right? Um, right. The, the kind of the, the very interesting puzzle. This is This is the first time we've actually had... I believe uh, around in this league where it was actually impossible to get yeah. up 
um, a perfectly clean score. It's interesting to me that Magog only has eight cards. Only yeah. eight cards in the encounter. Right, decks, right. Super, super small. Yeah. Terry, how, how do you feel about Magog as a villain? I really like the scenario. I think it's fun. I think it's unlike everything else I've played. I, yeah, I like the mechanic of being able to add counters to something and then the villain just like keep coming back. I think that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of things to game in, in this encounter. Um, like, you know, I think a lot of people pointed this out as they were playing their rounds. It's like, let me use one way or another to pull out, pump the crowd. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, being able to draw attachments out with uh, global logistics, things like that. I think there's a lot of fun ways to kind of like game that to be able to get your counters up quickly. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a fun one. I, I, I do play it. I don't play it super often, but I don't mind it when it hits the board. Right. Right. Well, and I think in contrast to other some of the other scenarios that we think about being gameable, I think this one has some small exploits, right, The um, that you can take advantage of to do a little better, but nothing that breaks the scenario in any way mm-hmm. i don't know tyler what about you what do you how do you feel about this one i mean yeah it's uh, i i like this i like this entire you know scenario box i mean all three of the villains in this box i think are, are a lot of fun um so yeah I, I i really enjoy it uh and i think that's part of the reason why i didn't want to spend all the time trying to figure out the perfect puzzle to try to get that <laughs> score is like i enjoy this scenario i don't want to ruin it by playing it over <laughs> and over again and trying to figure this out um it's because yeah, it, it is fun. It is a different way. You're like uh, in, in SCL, like I wasn't worrying about the 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 main scheme at all. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's fine. He can he can scheme out, get those two counters. I don't need to worry about that. I just need to defeat him. Um, so yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's very you know it is those eight cards. So it's very concentrated. Out of he is doing his thing. He is coming at you. You feel like you're in an arena. You're you're there's not much around you to be able to help you out or do much. He's just coming at you and that's it's a lot of fun. You kinda know what's coming, right? Like because yeah. it's so oh, yeah. small, like there's a really good chance you're gonna see certain cards. Absolutely. Yeah. The and I was gonna say there's also the neat piece where these counters can only go up. You can't heal them. So it's not mm-hmm. the same as having some additional pool that looks like health or something like that. Like once they're right. there, they're there. You can't do anything about it. So there's this inevitability to to the match. Yeah, it really does limit it. It's, it's not it doesn't make it where the game's gonna go on forever. It's gonna get there pretty quick. Like mm-hmm. you can't sit around forever. He, either you or him is gonna gain those counters. It's a good it's a good encounter whenever you don't have a lot of time, right? You can play this one fast. Like it's a, it's a rapid game. It's fast. Yeah. I think it's it's actually my favorite of the last two boxes and that scenario pack. Um nice. I did, I think just you you can because the deck is so small, you can really tune the experience by putting in a any sort of modular set. Um I don't know. We I think I talked on a previous ep- episode. Astrodar and I had a legendary loss to to Armadillo when we added him to the to this one. But you know, a lot of those back of the pack modular sets, um, by the time you put them in something, you don't feel them very much. Right, they're they're watered yeah. down. But something that's as tight as this is, you know, you put Armadillo in there, you definitely feel like you're fighting Armadillo, yeah. and you're gonna see Armadillo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a great it, point. 
I love that about this scenario. It's, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely my go-to quick one, but I just, I just think it's a great scenario overall. Um, I mentioned the in-space part of Hydra in space, and the in-space part is coming from ship command modular. And so that's been present in every single one of the rounds that, thus far this season, including the one that we're currently playing, but not talking about today. Um, and so we, the, you know, the main thing is we have the Milano who offers a wild resource and helps you get up and running real quickly. And then there's a bunch of tedious things that also live in that set. Um, but interestingly, since there's no Galaxy's Most Wanted Villain or modular sets in this outside of the ship command, you don't end up using the, the Milano for a lot of threat removal. Although in other scenarios, you end up using it for quite a bit of threat removal. So you're really mostly focusing it on just being that extra wild resource that, that it presents, which is great. Who, who doesn't love getting up and run, running fast? Absolutely, yeah. Um, we got Legions of Hydra modular. Terry, what do you want to tell us about this thing? After playing this, I'm realizing this is a really rough encounter <laughs> <Yeah>. set. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, I kind of, you know, you don't think back to early, early sets as being particularly challenging. This one feels really balanced. It feels hard, but not, you know, ridiculous in terms of its difficulty. Um, so the, the, the set is made up of six cards. You've got two copies of Legions of Hydra, which is a side scheme. Uh, it is a three threat. It adds an encounter card. Um, and when it's revealed, it pulls... Madam Hydra. And Madam Hydra is a pretty nasty minion. She's elite. Um, she cannot take damage while Legions of Hydra side scheme is in play. She comes in play of six health, uh, two scheme, two attack. Um, and then she can add threat back to Legions of Hydra. So you're really incentivized to take her out fast, which means you got to go through the side scheme and then go through her. So it's a you're basically dedicating an entire turn to clearing this. So it really slows you down. And I think that that's just indicative of the whole um, whole set is that it's all slowing you down. Like it, it, mm -hmm. you can't get through any of this stuff very quickly. Um, so similarly, three copies of Hydra Soldier. We all know and love and hate this card, right? Um, yep. So <laughs> one, two, four, one scheme, two attack, four health comes in with guard. So you've got to get through it to do damage to the villain. And when defeated... It gives you that encounter card. Um, so yeah, very much slows the pace of the game. Um, and like we were talking about before, because Magog only has eight cards in his set, you're going to see these cards no matter what, pretty much in the course of a game. So um, I found myself really trying to not draw Legions of Hydra and you know putting things like Spycraft and and other ways of manipulating the deck to just not see that card because it it was you know you're basically adding a turn or two to your overall turn yeah. count the small saving grace is that normally this gets partnered with a hydra villain and so then there's even more threat on legions of hydra side scheme when it comes out because it gets extra threat according to all the hydra characters that are in play so small yeah. Small little benefit that we get from playing it within Magog. Very true. The yeah, this is one of the ultimate um, slowdown sets. I yeah, I I love and hate this set so much, and the, just the insult to injury by putting Hydra Soldiers in there is brilliant. Yeah. 
so funny. Uh, what about Longshot, Terry? Uh, not a whole lot to say about Longshot. There's, I don't think there's any other card like Longshot. There's, it's it's a single card encounter. Um, it is an ally that gets shuffled into the encounter deck. Um, and when it comes out, it is a 2-2-3 two, two, uh, ally, uh, X-Men traded ally, and it uh, surges. So basically, when he comes out, you put him into play under your control, and then he surges, and this effect cannot be canceled. So just a little bonus that if you do draw him, you're getting a free ally out of it. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, because there's not a lot to say, I looked up a random fact about Longshot. Mm. Longshot has three fingers and opposable thumbs. If you look at his card, you can actually see that he only has three fingers. Um, and he also has two hearts. Interesting. So those are my random, those are my random facts about Longshot. So on the random facts of Longshot, in connection with Magog, because I was curious about some stuff, I looked at Magog a little bit, and apparently um, when he, Magog was sent to retrieve Longshot from, by Mojo, he took a much smaller and cuter form and pretending to just stumble upon Longshot, he accompanied Longshot when he first came to Earth and acted like a harmless creature whom Longshot named Pup. Yeah. All right. So there's a history. Fun. There's a history between them. Fun. And then, well, so there's an interesting thing, right? Because the, you know, we are playing with a very short encounter deck, but even then, the chance that you're going to see Longshot show up as an encounter card is you know, not necessarily that high, but um, as Terry was talking about, the there is some other deck manipulation that you're incentivized to be doing in this specific matchup. So something like Global Logistics or something like that can allow you to set yourself up to have a much better chance of seeing Longshot, which mm -hmm. I thought was a neat piece. It wasn't just totally random. Did you, either of you have him come out during your game? Two out of three, for sure. Two out of three. Yeah, same here. Okay. I know for sure one of them. I can't. I can't remember if I had a second one or not. I think one of them came out naturally, and the other I global logistics. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 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 That love global logistics. Um, and then the the last piece of putting this all together were the campaign elements. So people have been earning units according to how they finish. So the higher you finish, the fewer units you have available. These are Galaxy's Most Wanted market units that you get to spend on the next round. And so coming into this round, people were going to have, or sorry, that was actually coming out of this one, people have four to 15. People had, I can't remember exactly how many um, going into this one, but people had, you know, on the order of up to 10, I think, units that they might've been able to spend. Um, and so, so there's lots of fun stuff you can buy out of out of the galaxy's most wanted market. And because the Milano is in play, there's a bunch of cards in the market that actually interact directly with the Milano or get benefits because they have the Milano. And so there's there's some neat pieces that you can have from doing all that. And then the additional pieces, we had the option of using the Rise of the Red Skull condition upgrades. So there's four of those. Just as an example, there's a basic attack one that gives you plus one attack, gives you a health, and is is permanent. So somebody like Spider-Woman, who likes to pump up her stats and ready, that that would be a great thing to, to be able to do. Uh, unfortunately, the price you had to pay was to take these two obligations, anti-hero propaganda and medical emergency. And in contrast to regular obligations, these ones don't go in the encounter deck, they go in your player deck. So you're 
virtually guaranteed guaranteed to see them and they're kind of as tedious as regular obligations so it really felt like that was a pretty tough exchange i don't know if either of you noticed anybody had chosen to actually do this i didn't yeah i did not see that yeah i didn't notice if anyone see anyone did i didn't yeah i tried it like one practice and they both came out and i'm like no this isn't worth it <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the same here <laughs> if they were ones that went in the encounter deck now now we're actually right. talking about thinking about it right mm -hmm. Well, and I don't think I had ever played uh, the Rise of Red Skull campaign on Expert, so I had never right. encountered these before. And so I'm like, oh, these go in my deck. Uh, no, that's not that's not fun. It's interesting that they don't actually say anything about them directly on them. Because right. you, yeah. you, could, you could miss that if you didn't look at the back yeah. quite easily. It, mm -hmm. it took me a while to figure that out because I was a little confused. And yeah, eventually I figured it out. I'm like, oh, okay. These are definitely <laughs> coming out now. And not sure if it's worth the benefit um let's have a look at how our rounds actually went um so i we heard a little bit terry from kind of what what your experience was like but you want to tell us overall how your round went yeah similar to tyler i because of the nature of the round and not being able to get a perfectly clean round i thought well just forget it for you know for this setup and just and just really focus on getting as quick of a when as I could and still try to clear the board as much as possible, but not not delay the end of the game um, and build the deck for speed, not not for completeness. And so it's kind of fun to take a little bit of a different angle with this particular round. Um, so my my deck was really built around that idea. Um, and so it was an aggression justice deck um, that was focused on home technique and getting that out as soon as possible and then you know using clobber and uppercut um and and one way or another for the draw to be able to to make that happen as fast as possible i did include three copies of spycraft like i said really did not want to mess around with legions of hydra so that those spycrafts were in there specifically for that card um, and they worked. I did never had to deal with Legions of Hydra in all three of my games, which was great. And um, I would say the deck work worked as designed. I had a, I forget exactly. I think it was like three, four, four, or something like that. But yeah, really, really quick games, but not at all clean. And it definitely taught me some things about the scoring system because <laughs> yeah. I did not, I did not perform very well overall compared to some of my my last rounds. Um, so yeah, that was a good trial by fire here to to understand more about how the scoring system actually works and you know speed is not king it actually is completeness of the board is really going to net you the the most points overall yeah you you definitely took the do it as quick as possible to heart which is very fun um i'm i'm curious so did you did you have the personal philosophy while you were playing that if there was a spycraft that was in your hand you were going to play it yeah, I always wanted to have one on the board, basically. That's how yeah. I played it. Yeah. So that that was basically your highest priority in the game? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. As well, I would say hone technique first. And a lot of times what, and especially in my practice games, this happened a lot where I would stay in alter ego from turn one uh, into turn two, um, just because I you know, basically spent my entire turn getting down resource generators, uh, hone technique, you know, basically setting up the board for me to be able to beat it in the next two to three turns. Um, right. 
yeah. And I think part of this was also carrying over from the Nova round where it was just like so fast. So yes. I was like really wanting yeah. to play it as fast as possible because I had just played around super fast. Um, so I think there was there was uh, some of that was influencing me and how I played this round too. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. How about you, Tyler? Yeah, so uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to make it too complicated by trying to figure out the best way to get that perfect score. So I, I gave up on that. And if it, if it presented itself, I'd try to. I'd, I'd allow that to happen, but it never did. So I went uh, the aggression protection route, and um, yeah, I just I really wanted to kind of use some of those you know aspect cards to kind of build up and be able to have a, a stronger attack especially I, I wanted to use the counter count or the protection counterpunch card so that when i defended against it i could uh hit back at magog during his own turn or even i included also uh a toe to toes in there so i could entice him into attacking me during my turn and and throw stuff right back at him um so that was kind of my point yeah again wanted to get through as quick as possible uh, and, and attack him as much as I could. Um, I threw a bunch of allies in there as well. Um, some of them, you know, like uh, Professor X or um, Mockingbird uh, with the intent of trying to stun or confuse him. Um, others just to be kind of beefy. Like I, I had Hulk in there. I think I got him out. Yeah, I got him out my first game, which led to a really high hero score. Right. Um, and, and also, you know, using... Uh, her ability to look at a deck to see, oh, yep, now's a good time to, to use Hulk's ability. Um, and that's how I think I finished Magog off the first time. Um, and yeah, I just, I felt like I had played a lot of Justice already this round or this season. And so I wanted to get into, I was excited to get into some aggression and I wanted to uh, also, I, I love protection and finding ways to, to, to do fun things with it during the, the villain's turn. So. That's kind of where I went with it. Um, pretty quick. I mean, my for two of my games were four turns, and uh, one of them was six. Um, um, and they were all pretty. Outside of one of them, they were really high health for me, at least. And well, Magog always had a perfect ten score on me. So <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. the The Hulk ally is a really interesting one for Solo Champions League because you're you're often wanting to put stuff in your deck that's going to allow you to finish off with a good hero score, meaning having mm -hmm. kind of above your starting health, and he comes in with five health. Um, and then if you kind of save him just for one final attack as the one that finishes off the villain, his special effect doesn't actually even resolve uh, if the right, game has exactly. finished. So you, he's he's kind of an amazing value for for three effective resources, right? You can do an attack for three and get five health to end the game off. Well, I think the, 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 the game that I used him, like I was able to even go down. I saw that I had a fist resource on top. So I was able to use him to take five health off Magog, which is half his health pool right mm -hmm. there. So like it, he was able to do a lot just to finish the game out for me and give me that boost. I mean, my, that game, I had 23, uh, hero health, which was a lot. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that is definitely a lot. <laughs> so and then I also used for the um for the the um uh, what is it the the can't, the market uh, upgrades I used the yeah. mounted laser um because right. I wanted to get that out there again just especially with Milano like I'm always going to have it so I'm always going to be able to do three damage somewhere whether it be to Magog or or the surprise contender or 
Hopefully not um, Madam Hydra. That was the other reason I wanted to go fast. Is I, I didn't want to see Madam Hydra. I didn't want that extra headache to deal with. And thankfully, I, I missed out on her every game. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the heavy cannon's pretty awesome. Um, Terry, I'm curious, did you ever try out melee in your in yours? I did. You know, I basically only had one real use because I was playing Spycraft. I wasn't seeing a whole lot of, you know, Madam Hydra. I guess I was sometimes drawing the um, Hydra Soldier. Mm. It was just that the numbers didn't quite work out. So like six yeah. was just one short of killing Contender. So it didn't feel it didn't right. feel good to leave that one health on the board. Um, so yeah, I definitely did some practice games with it and it was okay, but Uppercut was great because it with home technique it hits for eight and so it could clear contender in one yeah. one card. Um so a lot of times what I in my last turn or what it would be was like double clobber plus uppercut would clear everything. Um was kind of how it played out. Cool. Yeah. The yeah, I was just I was just trying to think through that that piece of dealing with the contender and then all that as as something that's melee bait. But you're, so the right. the original deck idea was actually going to be uh, dive bomb, and I tried to make it work because if yeah. you dive bomb, um, you can clear, you can almost clear contender and magog in one in one kill, you know, one shot. Um, but I could just the timing of getting a um, self propelled glide with that was just really tough to to line up. Right, yeah, and you, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could always try to, you know, get your warrior skill or the resources that enhance your your damage and those kinds of things. But it sounds like that, mm -hmm. you know, based, especially based on the speed you were going at, that wasn't worth trying to set up. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I had a uh, controlly deck, which was was shield justice with some of the shield leadership stuff and. Um, Interesting, a lot of the ways that people were, were reporting how their rounds went, mine went very similarly. The very first game, my very first official game went as perfect as, as it possibly could. You know, finishing in five turns, had Magog on one health. I had 20 HP, not quite as much as Tyler, but, you know, pretty getting up there pretty high. That was your game one too, right, Tyler? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, um, yeah, it just kind of went swimmingly. I was like, "Oh, this is going to go really well." And then the the second two, or the second and the third game were not disasters, but they definitely were were very messy. And I, my strategy of being very liberal with how many counters I was letting Magog build up, because as Tyler said, when it gets over five, you get a free card. So I was actually trying to use that as a resource <laughs> generator. Um, you know, but I, I got myself to the point where I was at either eight or nine counters and kind of staring down a decision of should I just finish the game or risk drawing something that might actually force force more counters. So finished my second and third games a little messier, um, but but still overall not terrible. But I just that was I only had the one that actually just went mostly according to plan, and the other did not. Very fun though. Yeah. And I actually really appreciated the um being able to let go of trying to get these perfect scores that you could just be making these decisions know that it what there wasn't there was a best possible score but there wasn't a perfect score and yeah i like that yeah so did i and i think that's why like i i, I think i did like two test games where i was like let's see if i can make this work out 
And she's like, you know what? I, I, I bet you it's going to be pretty hard no matter what. So it's not like a lot of people are going to get that perfect score or as close to perfect as you can. And so like, why, why cause the stress and anxiety? And I, why? I'm not going to have time to put into that anyways. Well, let's check in on the actual overall results. So by, by choice of the community, uh, 33% of the people took aggression and, and justice, but surprisingly that actually ended up doing the worst overall, uh, in terms of the combos, these, these things often also are dictated by, you know, what types of players choose in terms of where they are in the league, choose different combos too. So you always have to, to factor that in as well. Um, next highest was aggression and protection for by percentage but all three of the possible aggression builds were the three worst performing aspect combos so it's kind mm. of the most po most popular pretty much but also performed the worst overall justice and protection um which had 14% of the people did the best overall um, and then justice and leadership, and then leadership and protection, and those all did actually fairly similar with approval ratings of 92, 90.5, and and 89. And then all the all the aggression ones were down in the kind of 83 and and lower category. So lots of people looking for aggression, which makes sense. We wanted to actually be able to hit Magog, but uh, that didn't end up being the on average the best strategy. It looks like. Any surprises in there from either of you? I don't know, Tyler. Anything jumps out at you? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of am surprised that the 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 aggression was so low. I mean, you're trying to get all that damage, and whether it's against Magog or the surprise contender or whatever it is, and yet, like the justice, sure, is, I guess is important, but like him scheming out wasn't as big a deal. So I guess it's it's interesting that that aggression was so low to me. I, I I'm a little surprised by that, but uh, it, it's still like it was such a high win rate for everyone, no matter what. Like you were getting the win, no matter what. It's just how how well were you able to manipulate that score to better yourself, I guess. Well, you you say no matter what, and actually did have a very high win percentage. But I mean, I will point out that I did have to actually make decisions about whether or not I was going to risk losing. So you know, true, that's was, true. Yeah, that's true. It it definitely actually showed up as a as an opportunity. I don't know, T Terry. Anything you notice? Um, I think it's interesting that. The, the, you had such a high hero score and leadership protection. You know that that's where you had the highest, the highest actual hero score. So I guess people were really yeah. sort of like pumping up with additional allies and and really getting a high HP overall there. Yeah, it also says that like high control really kind of won out on the scoring side yeah. here. You know, like Ooh. status was really effective at controlling the pace of the game and. Um, even though it did take additional turns, you weren't really pumping out the damage. You at least kind of like had really tight control over the game. Yeah, all my friends that chose Justice and Leadership, uh, we were the slowest. <laughs> <laughs> so we were 7.9 7 turn turn average, and then the next slowest was 7.1. So, you know, the better part of a turn turns slower. So that's that's fun. Um, it's it's neat that there was actually six different choices. You kind of were kind of used to five. I mean, there was technically seven, but nobody chose all basic. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself with her? Yeah, it, she's just one of those ones where it's just not even fun to you. Right. You when you when you lose that major hook to things that she can do, it just feels miserable. Mm -hmm. um, okay, well, let's have a look at some of the decks. Um, 
that, that actually happened. So we just kind of go through these in the order based on overall performance of, of the aspects. So justice and protection was first. And uh, the top performer was Karate Kid coming out of Flight 3, who got number one in, in Flight 3. Um, as I've been doing this season, I've just been paying attention to who's been including player side schemes and who hasn't. And it's usually been on the order of about 50% of the people have been and haven't been. But um, so yeah, no player side schemes here. A little bit of shield, a little bit of web warriors. These are yeah, like both nice control ways to, to playing the game. Um, and then was really trying to put the pieces together to be able to use one way or another to grab pump up the crowd out, global logistics to grab an attachment to to set up that perfect three plus three plus two plus two win um, for this. That was kind of what Karate Kid was was trying to set up with this. So that if you had enough control over the deck, you could make sure that you got that one from pump up the crowd and then one from the one of the Magog attachments. And that with the deck being so short, you usually had pretty good opportunities to actually grab that one attachment and have it on there. So that that was definitely an ideal thing. I, I kind of did something similar. I tried to be a little more flexible than really target that. It's just kind of the opportunity showed up. Um, and this is one of the players who ultimately only added 12 aspect cards in total. So this was um, you know very, very low number of aspect cards in a relative sense for, for Spider-Woman. Yeah, and that's that was my takeaway with his deck too. Is like really flexing some of the the really great basic uh, web warrior cards. You know, Peter yeah. Parker and Hobby Brown, uh, Ghost Spider. Those cards are just so good in general. E even if it's not utilizing the um, Spider Woman's power, Superhuman Agility, these are just really, really, really strong cards. Um, so yeah, it was it was really cool to see this deck. Um, I think and, it's pretty unique, if, unique unique for the round. Yeah, yeah, and a full-on, you know, two copies of Warrior of of the great, yeah, great web. So like making herself a web warrior yeah. hero. Well, yeah, that that plus one attack really helps. I mean, all those readies, you know, like that's helping you a lot. And and the yep. and the for, for two effective resources is pretty big. It it's it's funny. That's the card I always forget about, especially with right. with her or Spider Man. And so like it didn't even cross my mind. Like, oh yeah, I can play her as a the webbed hero, and that's a, that's a, would have been a fun build. Right. What's your Tyler? What's your affinity to to web warriors? Uh, protection players, I find usually definitely are yeah, I, on I, web warriors. I think web warrior, especially protection, because you've got a couple great, you know, yeah. Silk and and and, and Spider Man Miles Morales in there that are really great heroes to, or uh, allies to help out with. So I think it's a it's a great aspect, and so that's why I'm kind of looking at this and like, what was I thinking? This would have been a lot of fun, <laughs> especially with some aggression <laughs> stuff in there. So. Um. Yeah, I just forget about that Warrior of the Great Web card. I gotta, I gotta remember it more often. Right. Well, and Spider UK and Twip Twip and right. There's, 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 you know, it's almost to the degree that Shield, the Shield, um, ones really target Justice as kind of the best actual aspect. I think right. Warrior mm -hmm. targets protection as the best. You can do it in. In any aspect, but it's really the best one. Well, I think yeah, you you, you get rid of with him not using the or without not using these these aspect cards. Like there's, it's it's okay because she's she's kind of like the the ally, just telling them all to go out, and all these allies are doing the work. Mm -hmm. And and Spider Woman's just kind of sitting back there, not worrying about her own stats, letting them do all all the other stuff. So it works out really great, I think, with her in this this scenario, especially. 
other right. thing I think about with running more basic cards is that you're kind of like with Spider Woman, you want to get as many colors as you can in a hand, right? But if you load up on the two aspects, you're really getting a lot of those two aspects in, in any given hand. Whereas if you're playing a lot of basics or a lot of supports, um, you're able to get those things down on the board and then it thins Ooh. out your deck to really draw into more, yeah. you know, the, the full rainbow, right? Uh, to be able to get the full stats. So that's kind of an interesting thing too. Right, and in Solo Champions League, you know the games tend to be quick enough that you're usually ending either before or during your second pass of your deck. So some of the deck thinning stuff um, isn't quite as relevant, but you're you are exactly right. There's there's an interesting thing that you might not have quite encountered yet, Terry. But there's there are rounds where you actually they're just the right length that you're incentivized to maybe go up to 50 cards so you never have to take an encounter card mm, yeah i could see that, that so makes there's, sense. there's there's kind of some neat things that happen just because of that really laser focused piece of of solo champions league where you're really just fine-tuning everything you're like you know what if i just go up to 50 cards i'm never gonna have to see an encounter card this round <laughs> And then things go to crap, and then you actually have to do it. And then, and then you regret having watered down your deck. But, you know, experience is for another day, Terry. Uh, so second was uh, Chuchunas in, uh, coming out of Flight 2, and third was Dristin also coming out of Flight 2. Um, Dristin also didn't have any personal side schemes, had a Web Warriors deck as well with Warrior of the Great Web, so actually playing as a Web Warrior hero. And um, similarly, also just kind of only 12 aspect cards. So pretty fun. Um, trying to stun and confuse as much as possible, flip every turn, which, you know, con concussive blow even. Not, not that often that we see concussive blow. Yeah. Love it. Um, Justice and leadership. So, top spot in justice and leadership is Rekatol coming out of out of flight one. Um, also, no personal side schemes. Armor plating to avoid the Magog effect. The, they mm. said, and that that's that's right. That's one that allows you to, if you have the Milano, prevent two damage. So, it's between blocking and using that, you can usually take no damage and then not have to get any counters from Magog when he attacks. And then a couple awesome techs, I thought, so in addition to that, was also Cosmo as as something that can filter your encounter deck when you're an alter ego and looking at the top card of your deck and, and deciding to do do something with, with that card if you don't want it. We got three global logistics, somebody who's on your team, Terry, with three <laughs> spycrafts. And um, kind of some of the blue greatest hits, um, Rapid Response, Maria Hill, Make the Call, and Black Panther to, you know, get whatever those critical events you decide are, so that maybe that's pheromones, maybe it's Make the Call uh, with, with Black Panther. So lots of uh, good kind of tempo-y stuff and, and other fun things. Um, I managed to get second. Um, I also had no player side schemes, and I I think I had the most allies based on uh, all the decks that were were shared for the top ones. I I, I had nine. I I do tend to be pretty ally heavy. 
This was I tied you there with nine two, but mine didn't Did make you? a top. Mine didn't uh, make a top uh, deck. So honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Mr. Wooby um, got third and is coming out of flight two and did have uh, two player side schemes. So call for backup with, you know, maybe either beast or captain Marvel as, as the main target call for backup was definitely a great choice in, in this round, I think as, as captain Marvel, you know, pays for herself over multiple turns. Um, so getting, getting her out is always awesome or beast as just a way to kind of move that turn further and get some quicker tempo than captain Marvel let you get and then build support with a copy of Quinn carrier in there. Um, one way or another, clear the area skilled investigator combo, but no turn the tides and then used safeguard and heavy cannon. Heavy cannon is the one that you used, right? Uh, that's what you said. I use the mounted laser. Yeah. Oh, mounted laser. Which one's the mounted laser? I, I was thinking heavy the, cannon when you said uh, that. mounted laser is ex exhaust mounted laser deal two damage to an enemy three instead of you control them a lot. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so safeguard, safeguard is, I've just had to look this one up. Uh, this is a five cost one. Give up to two friendly characters a tough status card, draw a card. Okay, right. So that's, you know, if you're trying to avoid letting Magog get some more of these counters um, tough on allies or on you is definitely a great way to do that because it's only if he attacks and then does damage. So safeguard's one of those cards that lets you get around that. A couple of interesting observations from Rekatool's deck. Is that how you say Please. that? Nice. Um, yeah. Mirage. So rarely you see that card, but this is one of those instances where Mirage is great. Um, right. So yeah, I thought Mirage well, was a great, great pickup right. there. So, so Mirage has uh, two threat, or two thwart, sorry, um, and then has that ability after Mirage enters play, choose an enemy whose scheme is less than Mirage's thwart stun that enemy so it's a way to stun either magog because he only has one yeah. one thwart or um the surprise contender yeah so mm -hmm. i thought that was a really really smart pickup and then the other one was um mr wooby the wolfsbane shenanigans with uh jessica right. drew that's that's great love that combo right yes all those fun what's going on with the top of the deck so similar to the cosmo sort of Thing, being able to interact with and manipulate the top of the deck um yeah i think mirage is mirage is definitely a, a cool choice and uh kakita jamie who was chatting about that on uh on on the discord who they're not playing this season but um or weren't but but did did point out that they were surprised that not a lot of people were actually using that using mirage she is pretty expensive overall for for that effect but not not prohibitively so yeah i mean she's no different than like maria hill or not maria hill um um uh mockingbird yeah same as mockingbird just one less health right and right. she but she's she's got a little extra thwart ability there so yeah, yeah. And, and you do have to be able to it has to be the exact right, right. villains or right or, exactly or whatever but um and of course, then because we're playing Spider Woman, you also get the boost from that, right? Because uh, it is actually an aspect card. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also, it would be very rare that you would be playing pheromones on that turn as well. <laughs> so you wouldn't, you wouldn't be doubling up on, on that use of the blue aspect card. Um, 
Next up was leadership and protection. UNC Dave out of flight one got got top. Uh, Chocobo um, got second coming out of the training grounds, it looks like. And um, this was there was a handful of people that went in the extreme direction for their aspect card choices and only had three basic cards in total added. So it was just the three double resources and then everything else was aspect cards. I mean, that will probably not be strictly true because people added market cards, which were were all basic, but you know, in terms of just kind of the general deck building that they went with that. Call for backup, render medical aid for player size schemes. And then uh, this awesome combo, which had never occurred to me, but sounds like lots of other people had thought of it, but using multiple man and then strength and numbers as something that you can do because you have access to blue and green to get multiple man out on the first turn and then immediately exhaust three of them to to gain three more cards that's love that yeah that's awesome yeah and with with the way initial hands you know work out you've got not in this specific one because you have extra resources anyway but you know if you usually you're starting with six and multiple man costs four to get out and you've got strength and numbers you're going to get you're going to have one card and then three more from strength and numbers so you still got four cards after doing all that, that you can do more stuff with, and you got three copies of multiple man out that you're usually not doing much with on that first turn anyway. Love that. That's cool. Uh, and third, coming out of flight one uh, for leadership and protection was Kermity. Um, aggression and protection. We have Pray for Mojo, second of their name, coming out of flight two. No player side schemes, but this is one of the folks who decided that what they wanted to do was throw throw toe-to-toe at Magog and take even more yeah. attacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I went for. Yeah. Just like, do you feel a kindred spirit there? Absolutely. I, I, it was a lot of fun with him because, I don't know, there was something just, especially when you're, you you can pair it with a protection and you can you can kind of deal with his attacks still. So it's it didn't feel as, as scary as it might normally. And then you got five damage against him too. Right. Well, and you're you're throwing a lot around a lot of status cards usually, and right. so that attack isn't necessarily yep. all that terrible. And so um this deck had a couple copies of of tackle in it additionally. Um but no no drop kicks, so not a ton of status effects. Um, the other thing about had, playing a defense deck is that in this round, there were a lot of one and zero boosts, so it, it right, didn't right. take a whole lot to block the attack, right? It, you, you know, you kind of had a pretty good chance of a perfect defense. He has he has a high attack, but but yeah, the still. Yeah, but if you know, it, yeah, if you kind of yeah. you know you know the attack, and then you can get a pretty good guess on yeah. the on the boost. Yeah. So interesting choice. The they chose to put in flow like water, which is. Uh, a two-cost resource, play under any player's control, maximum per player, response, after you play a defense event, play one damage, pay, deal one damage to the attacking enemy. But unless I'm missing something, there's only two events that might be able to trigger this, which were the sidesteps. Yeah, I think so. That's all I see as well. It, well yeah, that, that, that was, that's interesting, because that feels like it's a lot of setup there for... And he, or they, they, they've got an eight-turn game, yeah, so... So, yeah, I can see. Yeah, there's a little more setup going into that, but um, I'm I'm always pleased when I see something that 
I look at it and I think to myself, oh, I don't know if I'd make that choice. And then they yeah. do the best. And then they do the yeah. best. Exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> and then um, second place was Stalis um, coming out of Flight 2 and uh, actually had the the slowest of all the podium finishers, the, the slowest finish at 9.3 turns average. Um, pretty pretty clean scores though overall and they they went for status spam with drop kick and never back down and only three allies no player side schemes and then uh in third place was pack attack cb who who used more or less the same deck as salas with swapping out genius and putting in the vivian ally so the second and third kind of came with very 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 similar decks um, really relying on some status effects. And then Sunfire to get rid of... Well, no, it doesn't. I was going to say to get rid of those unwanted attachments, but in this case, the attachments you can't actually get rid of because they're not ones that have hero action or hero response as a way to get rid of them. So those annoying Magog attachments, they're annoying when you don't want the score to go over. Right. Uh, can't the Sunfire couldn't help you out here. And then our what do we got our second last group is aggression leadership Jarrett, who's topping flight one at the moment, um, went with call for backup and the very expensive Captain America, <laughs> which is which is I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna take advantage of call for backup that's a good one. The if he doesn't get played that much, so if folks don't have it on their brain. It's he it comes in with toughness. He has two attack, two thwart, and four health. So that's a lot of value in in that ally. Yeah, that's, a good target. That's, a, that's another one of those things I never would have thought of using call for backup to get Captain America. Yeah, because he doesn't get used that often. And interesting. And and this deck has Hulk and Thor and Wasp, right. and she's actually a uh, Avenger as well, so mm-hmm. there is an opportunity to get Captain right. America out for because he he's discounted what? by one for every Avenger, right? Yeah. So in addition to to call for backup, there's it's actually plausible you would play Captain America. Not it's not just there just uh for call right, for backup. Right, right, And then build support to pull out boot camp, and then this is one of there's a couple people that decided to go the route of going for go all out because. Um, Spider Woman can pump up her stats a whole bunch, and then with Go All Out, you actually get to combine all the all the stats. That this is some way to take advantage of that because you you actually add up your thwart attack and defense. So every time you play an aspect card, from the perspective of Go All Out, you're adding yeah. plus three to the amount of damage you're going to do. Love this Earth, Earth's Mightiest Heroes addition too. It's very smart with all the Avenger allies. Yeah. All these Avenger allies. She's potentially going to be way pumped up. Somebody like Hulk, you don't even necessarily want to attack with. Right. Take advantage of that. Yeah. Or Wasp. Play, play Wasp for one, and then Earth's Mighty yes. Zero. Just a, oh, just yeah. She just chills. Um, and then some really, really funny shenanigans to, to my mind was so Jarrett went with three copies of Plan of Attack, which, um, which lets you oh, yeah. look at top four cards your deck seven if you're an alter ego 
and then grab an attack event from there, which isn't necessarily something that has the highest hit rate, but go all out is actually an attack card. But mm. uh, Jared actually went with three of the Galaxy's Most Wanted market cards that are also attacks. So added oh. added a whole bunch of extra attack cards to to the deck through that as well to make it so that plan of attack was was likely to actually hit likely something. to hit. That's really cool. And it's just these really cheap, you know, zero cost cards that give you that that stat boost too. It's nice. Right. Very cool. Um <clears throat> yeah, and then teamwork as well as another way to mm-hmm. take advantage of some of these all these are really these are all three attack uh allies that were added in red and then Captain America's a two attack ally. So so teamwork's also another way to really take advantage of those those ones that were out there. Teamwork teamwork combos really well with Hulk here too. That's really nice. Yeah. yeah. Maddox Mike. Uh coming up I I actually missed where where they were coming out of double check after uh somebody went with no player side schemes and went for a voltron captain marvel build so i think this was the only one of the podium finishers that went for a voltron build two call for aids to be able to go and find captain marvel there's no other avengers in the deck inspired power gloves reinforced suits kind of some of the classic blue ally upgrades oh and sky cycle um sidearm one of the newer ally upgrades that's a basic boot camp to get Captain Marvel up by one and three copies of first aid just to keep her going. So once you have her all pumped up, she's giving you resources because she draws you a card every time and and getting to be pretty powerful. And then she even gets to activate twice a turn once she's riding her sky bike. Pretty fun. Looks like Maddox Mike comes out of the training grounds as well. Yeah, thank you. We don't often see that much Voltron in Solo Champions League just because they tend to be slower builds. Pretty fun that that they were able to put together a deck that was quite successful using this approach. Third place in aggression and leadership was Bixbear. No player side schemes. There's another one of the players that only had three basic cards, just the resources. This is somebody who went with lots of overkill. So there's Relentless Assault, mm-hmm. and Hand Cannon, and even Marked, which is one of the the newer cards that you... It's a tactic, and you attach it to a minion, attacks against the attached minion, gain overkill. So just really setting up for for lots of blowing right through something that's there and, and getting nice. overkill damage. And then the always very awesome combo of Goliath and Command Team, which is one <laughs> of my favorites in the game. The it's a yeah. I always find it's a really good solo champions league one because you can kind of get Goliath out there. Maybe you do an errant thwart because he has he has two thwart um and so that'll just take him down to from four health to three health, and you can still get two attacks out of them. Or, yeah. While uh, while you're trying to finish off the game or whatever. And then our final aspect combo was aggression and justice. So this was the most popular, uh, but the least successful overall one. And then we have my favorite choice of this entire round. We have 83 coming in from Flight 2, who decided hey, I'm using global logistics. I'm going to be manipulating a very short encounter deck. Why don't I just include two cosmic entities? <laughs> so I don't know if you two uh, could have told me what any of the cosmic entities actually did other than their basic idea, because I sure <laughs> couldn't have told you. Nope, I'm looking it up now. <laughs> but they're... Um, there are a bunch of these two cost events that are based on these, you know, like these cosmic entities, uh, entities in in Marvel, and 
you shuffle the card into the encounter deck when you play them, and then they have an effect when they're revealed. The, re the when revealed effect tends to be pretty pathetic for the amount <laughs> that you have to pay for them, because remember, remember, these are two cost events. So the in-betweener, which is the aggression one, deal two damage to the villain and remove this card from the game. So that's three effective resources for two damage. Living Tribunal, remove two threat from the main scheme. For three, maybe that's a little better value just because threat's more expensive than than damage. But wow, 83, you are... <sighs> You're brave, brave, brave. Yeah, this this guy's my hero. I you know to see those cards played in a deck is just that's awesome. They just sit there in my in my box, and I'm never right. seeing the table. Well, I guess if you get, I guess you could think if you get both those in there, you're you're diluting that small deck a little bit, and it's holding off some of those cards. Maybe you you don't want to see, or at least there's a possibility yeah. of it. It's an right. encounter card cancel, right? I mean, that's, that's yeah. Kind of, yeah. D despite the way I was poo pooing these, there is. The flip side of it is, if you think of an encounter card costing typically between about one and a half and two effective resources in terms mm -hmm. of what it's what it costs to actually have to deal with it, then this is you know something that is one to one and a half effective resources of value for that, and then it actually these effects do become a little more reasonable. And being able to manipulate the the deck to make sure that those happen with global logistics does does mm -hmm. actually do that. So anyway, so brave, so audacious. <laughs> I, I love it. it brings me a lot of joy. And then uh, including Spider-Girl and just pointing out it's a great way to hold surprise contender. I think one of the oh, yeah. things that we didn't discuss yeah. with the strategy is one of the things you're doing often is pulling out surprise contender, then defeating Magog one more time to get you to the point where you're able to get to, to 10 when you then defeat surprise contender. So you're usually dealing with surprise contender on the board for another turn or two after you pull them out, unless you're Terry and... You know, you're just blowing through everything so fast anyway. But for the rest of us mere mortals, we usually were stuck having to deal with surprise contender for a turn or two. So something like Spider Girl to just actually keeps him in check is pretty awesome. Throg does the same. So th those are both an 83's deck. Nice. And then Darcy, who got top spot in the training grounds, came in and had a deck with no player side schemes went with armor plate and brainstorm from the galaxy's most wanted market and had you know, something that was like a shield control package with one way or another as well three drop kicks lots of other efficient red cards and and just kind of went and you know did some combination of efficiency and, and control to to get a victory and then kamea who is in flight one uh went with superpower training which is the one that pulls out a identity specific upgrade. I'm guessing that was for for finesse. Chose onrush when a card is revealed from the encounter deck, cancel the effects of that card and discard it. That is another way to keep legions of hydra at bay. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Uh, and then went for two one way or another's return the tide, and then but for the thwarting solutions instead of doing. Um, Clear the area. Went for for justice and multitasking as the the ways to to do that. The the threat accumulated pretty fast, and so if you were playing in a way that you weren't trying to let the main scheme actually you know flip over the top, um, it's pretty expensive to keep this in check. So for you know for justice makes a lot of sense because that's that's going to be for yeah. threat removal, and then. Terry, this is where you come in. 3.7 <laughs> turn average. 
Yeah. Just, this is your crew. Just ignore everything else on the board and just burst him down. <laughs> that was the goal. And it worked. Well, and you even wait you even wasted a turn because you just hung out in Alter Ego. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just taking a handicap, seeing how how uh how much you compress it. <laughs> so it's really a two point seven turn average. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't log that into the scoring sheet though, unfortunately. uh okay so deck awards i think some of these things already came up but you know i think the one that always ends up having the most actual conversation because a lot of them are are just given based on actual objective statistics but i think the rocket raccoon tinkering award for the most clever tech uh these are our nominees are uh chocobo with the multiple man strength and numbers Mm. wombo combo the 83 for bringing cosmic entity and being cosmic entities and being successful with doing that. Uh, Rekatol had a couple things, you know, the armor plating to avoid Magog and Cosmo to filter in counter deck. Jarrett with this plan of attack and then filling this out with some extra market cards that that had uh, attack events. I don't know, are there any other ones that we should add in there? I don't think so. I mean... Those were the main ones I saw. Yeah. Tyler, what do you like? I'm torn between multiple man and cosmic entity play there. Uh, those, those are both <laughs> just so, uh, but I, I don't know. I, the, the, the boldness to throw those cosmic entities in there and to have such a high score with it. I think that's, that's just, it, it's great. I, I have to give it there. I think. Okay. Well, I'll tell you right now, 83 is absolutely getting the plan B award for most surprisingly okay. effective deck. There you go. Then, then we can give this one to uh, to the multiple man and strength in numbers. Cool. <laughs> Terry, what do you think? Yeah, it's got to be Chocobo. As long as 83 is getting some award, yeah, Chocobo. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I, think, I think I agree as well. That's just one of those ones that is shocking to me that it never occurred to me or that I haven't right. seen anybody talking about it. Um, the Astrodar Pre-Memorial Award for fewest aspect cards in an aspect deck. Um, the, we had This wasn't actually a very small number, but in a relative sense, when we're thinking about Spider-Woman, right. people that were adding only six aspect cards per aspect feels very small. So Karate Kid, 80, and Dristin both coming out of the same aspect combo. Uh, Justice of Protection went with only six. Nice. Already mentioned the Pietro Maximov Irony Award for the slowest top performing deck, and that's Salas, uh, who had a 9.3 turn with aggression and protection. But wow, well, I noticed that as we were going through some of those decks, like aggression protection seemed to be really slow for most people. Mine was a lot faster in comparison, but most were that eight nine turn range. It seemed right, right, and then and then Terry, the if only Quicksilver actually played this fast deck. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Three point seven. Yeah, first time on the podcast, already earning awards. Yeah, score um, horrible, but got an award. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I took home the party at the Triskelion Award for most allies, um, and an honorable mention went to to you, Tyler. Mm. And then you, Terry, look at you. You had only one ally. Like, did you add one ally or did you only have one ally? No, no, no. Sorry, that's Captain Marvel. So zero. Just what you. There was just one. No, no, yeah, no, no. And we still count that one. But anyway, yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, it was so one, one total. Yep. Okay, wow. so this is the the Baron Zemo dancing on his own award for fewest allies. <laughs> you nailed it. And then 
as we heard, Darcy uh, had the top score in the training grounds. So got the new mutant award um, yeah. coming, topping off the the training grounds. So pretty fun round. I really enjoyed that different mentality related to scoring. Got to unburden myself, let go a little. Felt good. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I I hope we see some more villains that facilitate this sort of thing. I don't know if there's anybody else currently in the game. I can't think of any that are yeah, in this exact way. No. Yeah. It it's just a it's so funny because it's just probably a mostly arbitrary choice that the designers made in terms of the order of when the counters go on. Well, so right. Sinister Six is not villain health, right? Sinister Six is scheming or you have to basically beat the main scheme to win. Is that right? Yes, but you can you, you can, can still get them down to zero, I guess. Yeah, you can still get them down to zero. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause we we've played Sinister Six once, maybe. Yeah, I think it's only been once. It might have been twice yeah. though. I don't yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, and you, you can definitely do it, and especially in solo, because you do, you yeah. rarely get overwhelmed by them in that right. Way. Yeah. Anyway, it it was kind of a neat thing to just yeah, be be able to let go a little. Um well, thank you both. Thank you, Tyler, for joining us. Lots of fun. Thanks for having me again. Terry, thanks for joining us for a first time. We'll definitely have you back. Yeah, this was great. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. And listeners, thank you for joining us on The Road to Nowhere.